Come on, Master, let's play fetch. Throw my toy, and I'll sprint and sprint and sprint after it. I'll go, meow, like a fast car, and bring it back. Then you can throw it again, and I'll go, meow, like a space rocket. I love playing fetch. I love it, love it, love it. Wilter, the brown and white Springer Spaniel in the afterlife paradise for Watford fans, was excited. He was twisting and turning and dancing and dodging. He dropped his soggy old Harry the Hornet soft toy at the feet of Bill Mainwood, Hornet Evans' head of programmes, who was sitting on one of the yellow leather sofas in the atrium. It was February 2021. Not now, Wooter, my boy, Bill said. Maybe later. Wooter bounced on his paws. He picked up the soggy Hornet toy with his mouth and dropped it at Bill's feet a second time. Throw my toy, Master. Chuck it as far as you can. Chuck it miles and miles and miles. Sorry, Wooter. The QPR program's going to arrive any moment now, so I have to go to the match. <sighs> Though, I'm not looking forward to it, if I'm honest. Watford were dismal at Millwall last week. You need to do some running to lift your spirits, Master. Fast running. Fast running feels great. <laughs> Get up and run, Master. Get up and... Programs in. QPR's in. Bill Mainwood rose to his feet. He and all the other humans in the atrium trudged off to the program shelves to collect a program for the game. Come on, Master. Come on, everyone. Let's all sprint down the road. Let's sprint to the turny metal thing in the wall. Then let's carry on past it down the slope, sprinting like the wind forever. Wooter scooped up his Harry the Hornet toy in his jaws. He scampered over to his basket in the corner and dumped Harry on the yellow blanket with two other soft toys. Then he turned and sped towards the atrium exit, slaloming between the humans' legs as they headed for the ancient turnstile and the QPR game. I'm the fastest. Look at me whizzing past people. I bet they're all going. Wow, he's fast. Look at Wooter. He's so fast. One of the Watford fans narrowly avoided tripping over him. For God's sake, what's that dog so excited about? The way the horns are playing, there's nothing to be excited about. Two minutes later, the atrium was silent and deserted. All the humans had gone to the game and Wooter was chasing his tail somewhere down Occupation Road. On the yellow blanket in Wooter's basket, Harry the Hornet sat up. The twelve-inch-high cuddly toy wiped a puddle of Wooter's saliva from his furry yellow head. Well, at least Wooter's happy. Hornet Heaven Troy Story Written by Ollie Wicken, read by Colin Mace Earth Season 2020 21 To make himself less sopping wet with slobber, the Harry the Hornet cuddly toy in Wooter's basket attempted to wring out his yellow Watford shirt. It wasn't easy because the shirt was stitched to his torso. He looked across at the other soft toys on the blanket and said, Hey, you two. Everyone's gone. You don't need to play dead. Hey, Biscuit. Biscuit Bear was lying on his back. 
He had a chubby body and podgy limbs covered in curly brown fur. A thin black smile was stitched onto his white snout. A Watford badge was embroidered onto his white chest. What's the point? There's no point. There's no point to anything. Cuddly Harry the Hornet had heard lots of the humans in Hornet Heaven saying this recently because the team was failing to live up to its billing. Cuddly Harry rose to his black plush feet. He pulled at Biscuit Bear's arms and heaved him into a seated position. Come on, Biscuit. We can't allow ourselves to feel down. Toys have an important role to play. You might have, but we haven't. The other toy sat up. Maisie Bear was light brown all over, with black button eyes. Like Biscuit Bear, Maisie Bear had a Watford badge embroidered onto her chest, but she also had a yellow and black knitted scarf around her neck. It's all right for you, Harry the Hornet. Wooter doesn't play with us. We're going to be abandoned in this basket, untouched and unloved for the rest of eternity. Cuddly Harry went over and tried to console her. There's no need to feel so down, Maisie. It just so happens to be me that he chews at the moment. It just so happens that I'm the one who gets flung around the place for him to pick up and slobber over. But he loves you, Harry. And that's good, because it's our job to keep Wooter happy, so that he's always charging around Hornet Heaven, keeping the human spirits up. Yes, he's into me at the moment, but Wooter's fickle. One day soon he'll turn his attentions to someone or something else. Toys like us just have to be ready when it's our turn. Biscuit Bear yawned and said, But it's so boring when... Wait, I can hear Wooter coming back. Play dead. At the sound of Wooter's feet skittering into the atrium, Harry the Hornet, Biscuit Bear and Maisie Bear flopped flat onto the basket's blanket. Cuddly Harry heard Wooter approaching the basket. Oh boy! Oh, oh boy! Oh boy! I've found a new friend! We can go running together! We can rush and dash and hurtle and zoom! Harry lay on his back motionless. He knew Wooter already loved running with the other dogs, Hyder and Marlon and Luther. Maybe this new friend was a new dog in Hornet Heaven. Perhaps it was a big, bounding St Bernard called Nyron, or a scurrying, pestering terrier called Valon. Then he saw Wooter's face appear above him. Between Wooter's jaws was a woollen footballer that a grandma had lovingly knitted and stuffed with old stockings. The footballer had a plain yellow shirt and plain black shorts. In shape, he was quite round for a footballer, with a big bottom, and there was a woollen football stitched permanently to one of his woollen boots. On his back, there was writing. In red thread, it said, Nine. Deanie. Above Cuddly Harry's head, Wooter dropped his new toy, Troy Deanie, into the basket. Troy landed on Harry the Hornet. Harry managed not to make a noise. Wooter said, This is so exciting. My new friend and me are going to... Oh, squirrel! Wooter froze for a moment, staring out of the atrium windows. Then he charged off as fast as he could, in pursuit of whatever it was he'd actually seen. Now that the atrium was deserted again, the toys were free to move. Cuddly Harry the Hornet eased the new arrival off him. He was about to introduce himself when suddenly 
the knitted Troy Deeney grabbed cuddly Harry by both cheeks and pushed his forehead against Harry's. The new toy said, You don't shove me around, pal. I'm Troy Deeney. I'm the new main man round here. Cuddly Harry the Ornit freed himself from the new arrival and stood up in Wooter's basket. He was only a foot tall himself, but he was twice the size of Knitted Troy Deeney. Knitted Troy Deeney said, I'm in charge now. Cuddly Harry looked down at the little guy and said, Welcome to the group, Troy. Ours is very much a team approach to things here, and I've got strong opinions, and if I get my mind into something, I'm going to do it. I don't really care what people think of me. I've been called fat boy a few times, but I'm ugly enough to deal with it. Cuddly Harry felt this didn't stack up. Knitted Troy's body was definitely overstuffed, but he had quite a sweet face. He had two black dots for eyes, no nose, and a small, happy mouth. Just the kind of face a kind old grandmother would knit. Well, there's nothing wrong with strong opinions, Cuddly Harry said. But in Hornet Heaven, you'll need to allow others to... I'm a leader. I inspire people because I'm honest and open enough to say exactly what I think. Right, Harry said, starting to get less patient. And being honest and open means people respect me more because they know I'm human. Human? You, uh, you do know you're a toy. Of course I know I'm Troy. Everyone knows I'm Troy. I'm a legend. Toy. T-O-Y. You're a toy. Careful, mate. People won't like it if you don't respect me. I'm the big dog round here now. Interesting. You say that, and yet an actual big dog carried you here in his mouth. Okay, I know your problem. You don't like the idea there's a new sheriff in town. Ah, no, this isn't about what I personally do or don't like. Biscuit Bear, Maisie Bear and I run a flat management structure. Give over. It's obvious, mate. You're upset because the dog said I'm his friend from now on. No, I'm not upset. You can't stand that he loves me. The truth stung Cuddly Harry. He put his hands on his hips and narrowed his big white eyes at this new arrival. This tiny, tubby upstart. Biscuit and Maisie spoke up. Well said, Troy Deeney. It's about time we had some straight talking round here. My hero! Cuddly Harry shook his yellow furry head. He walked away from the basket, fuming. Cuddly Harry made his way to the Hornet Heaven programme office. No humans were there because Bill Mainwood and his assistant Derek Garston were at the QPR game. Harry clambered up Bill's chair and pulled himself up onto Bill's desk. He said, Guys, I need your help. Cuddly Harry found himself interrupting a desktop kick-around. A special edition Subutio figure, painted in Watford's 1903-04 colours of yellow, red and green hoops, was knocking a tiny ball of scrunched-up paper back and forth with a miniature statue of Tim Sherwood. 
a Corinthians headliners figurine whose 1996 England kit had been repainted to be Watford's 1988-89 kit, with the Eagle Express logo painstakingly added to the front of the shirt. Corinthians' Tim Sherwood said, All right, on it, what's occurring? Tim's playmate, the 1903 Sabutio figure, had been painted to be balding, with a drooping moustache. Sabutio Johnny Allgood said, Good evening, Harry. You look concerned about something. We've got a problem, guys. The group needs to rally round. There's a new arrival made of wool and old stockings, and he thinks he's Troy Deeney. The actual Troy Deeney. He's trying to put on the voice and everything. Ah, that's insane, ain't it, Johnny, me old mucker? Ah, quite ludicrous, Tim. Anyway, this knitted Troy Deeney is trying to seize power. I need you with me in the atrium as a show of strength. We've got to take him on at his own game. Of course, mate, no problem. Because he's acting very aggressively. Aggressively? Right, well, you got to remember, I'm memorabilia, mate. I'm valuable, mate. <laughs> Don't give me that. I bet you're a quid on eBay. Yeah, but a Watford fan bought me and repainted me. He put a lot into it. I've got sentimental value. And I represent the heritage of Watford Football Club. If I get damaged by this aggressive woolen Troy Deeney, the club's entire history is damaged. Great. This is just typical of you collector's edition types. You think you're above soft toys like me. You think you're on a pedestal. I literally am on a pedestal, mate. Cuddly Harry glanced at Corinthian Tim Sherwood's round green plinth and rolled his big white eyes in frustration. Above him on the wall he saw a framed Lego minifigure that had been repainted in yellow and black stripes to commemorate the 2019 FA Cup final. Cuddly Harry said to the minifigure, I suppose there's no danger you'll muck in to help, Gerard? Lego Gerard Delafeu said, Hi, I'm in perfect condition. I must stay this way. I am mint. Brilliant. Thanks, guys. Thanks for rallying round for the group. Cuddly Harry the Hornet clambered back down off the desk and headed back to the atrium. Cuddly Harry went back to Wooter's basket and found knitted Troy holding court. Biscuit Bear and Maisie Bear were sitting spellbound by the yarn version of Watford's number nine. Cuddly Harry decided to break things up. Excuse me, friend, we've got a slight problem here. You don't seem to realise that you're not the actual living flesh and blood 14 stone Troy Deeney. Of course I'm him. The way Bonnie always spoke to me, it's obvious. I'm Troy Deeney. Who's Bonnie? Your owner. My worshipper, I call her. Right, I see. Bonnie loved chatting to me. She always told me how brilliant I was at football. What a great captain I was. She never stopped. Well, until yesterday, when she put me in a long wooden box with her grandma and closed the lid. Cuddly Harry was on the verge of feeling a tinge of sympathy, but suddenly he heard voices. 
the QPR match was over and the humans were returning to the atrium. Quick, play dead, everyone. Cuddly Harry the Unit, Biscuit Bear, Maisie Bear and Knitted Troy dropped flat onto the yellow blanket. Soon, Cuddly Harry heard the sound of Wooter's scampering paws rushing towards the basket. Wooter was saying, Oh boy, oh boy, the humans have come back out of the turny metal thing all sad. They need to play fetch. They need to throw me my new toy and laugh and cheer when I bring it back. Wooter screeched to a halt. At the very last moment, Cuddly Harry discreetly grabbed a corner of the yellow blanket and pulled it over the top of knitted Troy. Wooter said, Where's my new toy? Where is it? Where is it? Wooter scanned his basket, jerking his head, but he couldn't see knitted Troy Deeney. Instead, he grabbed Cuddly Harry with his jaws and ran back into the main part of the atrium. Cuddly Harry tried not to smile extra wide as he was carried off horizontal in Wooter's moor. He was still the chosen one. As Wooter's sharp teeth pierced him and slobber dripped into his eyes, he mentally rehearsed what he always maintained to the other toys. It's fine, honestly. I'm prepared to be bitten and chewed and drooled on for the greater good. Someone has to do it. It's a burden I shoulder for the happiness of Wooter and through him, everyone in Hornet Heaven. This Hornet Heaven story is brought to you in association with the Bill Mainwood Programme Hut, the iconic porter cabin serving deceased Hornet fans with programmes for all Watford games since 1881. That's right, programmes. Not toys, not trinkets, programmes. Not biscuit bears, not mazy bears, not foam finger bears, programmes. Not bunnies and definitely not squashy teen buses, just programmes, official publications, informative, educational and, in Hornet Heaven, your necessary passport to every Watford game ever. That's right, there's nothing trivial in my hut, not like the Hornet shop, I might point out. So there we have it, I'll see you soon at the Bill Mainwood Programme Hut for all your programme needs. Cuddly Harry the Hornet was lying on his back on the floor of the atrium at Bill Mainwood's feet again. He was very happy he hadn't been usurped by knitted Troy Deeney. He watched Wooter dancing and dodging above him. Throw the toy in the air, Master. Hurl it. We'd have even more fun playing with my new one, but this manky old one will have to do. Cuddly Harry's smile didn't flicker. Bill Mainwood said, I'm sorry, Wooter, my boy. We lost in the last minute to QPR, so I'm not really in the mood for fun and laughter, I'm afraid. Cuddly Harry could see Wooter turning in circles and whacking his tail against Bill Mainwood's legs. Chuck my toy higher, Master. I'll jump up and catch it. I love jumping. I'll leap up high and twist in midair, and everyone will cheer and clap and be happy again. Bill stroked Wooter's head 
and mussed the dog's floppy brown ears. I'm just in the middle of a conversation with Henry Grover, my boy. Let me finish off. Henry Grover said, Oh, I don't mind if you humour the hound, Bill, old thing. In fact, why don't I? Cuddly Harry felt one of his antennae being grasped by the thumb and forefinger of Henry Grover's left hand. He was filled with pride that he was being handled by the father of the club, the man who founded Watford Rovers in 1881. Oh, what an absolutely disgusting object! Suddenly, Cuddly Harry was flying through the air, spinning and somersaulting and spraying Wooter's saliva everywhere. Then, somewhere near the top of his arc, he was clamped by Wooter's teeth. There was laughter and applause from the people standing around. <laughs> well done, Wooter, old boy. Marvellous acrobatics. The next thing Cuddly Harry knew, he was on the floor at Bill and Henry's feet again. Throw it again, Master. I can jump even higher, Master. Instead of playing fetch, Bill tickled Wooter's tummy and continued his conversation with Henry. Cuddly Harry listened in. Anyway, as I was saying, Henry, some people think there's too much player power at the club. They say certain individuals are too dominant in the dressing room. Really, Bill? Are you prepared to bandy names? No, Henry, that wouldn't be appropriate. My point is simply that the problems we're seeing on the pitch may have something to do with relationship dynamics between playing and coaching staff. Cuddly Harry eavesdropped with interest. He saw parallels. Similar problems with relationship dynamics had emerged within the toy community in Hornet Heaven since the arrival of knitted Troy Deeney. He began to wish there was a human resources manager in Hornet Heaven, or perhaps a toy resources manager who could recommend a remediation strategy moving forward. Without one, all he could think was that knitted Troy Deeney, arrogant and cocksure knitted Troy Deeney, needed taking down a few pegs. Bill stopped tickling Wooter's tummy. Suddenly, Cuddly Harry felt Wooter's teeth on his legs. This toy isn't working. My master doesn't want to throw it. Where's my new toy? My new toy is much better. A moment later, Cuddly Harry found himself dangling upside down from Wooter's mouth and being swung all the way back across the atrium to the dog's basket. When they got there, Wooter released him. But Harry didn't land in the basket. He dropped behind it. Out of sight. There were no new Watford matches over the next few days. This meant the atrium was never clear of humans. Cuddly Harry the Hornet lay on the floor behind the basket, unable to rejoin the other toys, unseen and forgotten by everyone. All the while, he listened. He heard Wooter dashing around, skidding on the floor and knocking into people. Some of the humans chuckled at his antics, and some of them swore. It depended on how much each human was enjoying the championship season so far. Nearly all of them swore. Sometimes, 
cuddly Harry heard Wooter settle down in the basket and start chewing one of the other toys. Harry longed to be the toy being gnawed and chomped. His only consolation was that he was pretty sure Wooter hadn't found knitted Troy Deeney, who must still be under the blanket where cuddly Harry had hidden him. Harry hoped his old friends Biscuit Bear and Maisie Bear were each getting a share of Wooter's attention. They were good sorts, loyal. They deserved it. Mostly, though, over the course of the week, Cuddly Harry thought hard about what to do with knitted Troy Deeney. Before long, he came up with a plan. He would get the six-inch woolly lump to realise he wasn't the actual Troy Deeney, and he would do this by taking knitted Troy to the Hornet's shop, where there were posters of the real-life human version. The real-life human version didn't look anything like an overstuffed footballer with a big bottom. The real-life human version never had a football permanently attached to his boot to indicate incredible close-control skills. The difference would be obvious. For days, cuddly Harry the Hornet lay patiently behind the basket waiting for the next Watford game, when both the atrium and Occupation Road would be deserted and he could take knitted Troy to the Hornet's shop. On the Saturday, when all the humans went to the away game at Coventry and Wooter was out somewhere running like the wind, cuddly Harry put his plan into action. If anyone had been on Vicarage Road outside the atrium that afternoon, they would have seen two hats crossing the street. This might have seemed a little odd, but it concealed something even odder. Underneath were two soft toys, Cuddly Harry and Knitted Troy Deeney, on their way to the Hornet's shop. Cuddly Harry had got the hats from the lost property box in Bill Mainwood's programme office, one was a retro beanie hat, black, with a 1960 WFC crest. The other was a tall jester's crown, yellow, black and red, with little bells that tinkled when the hat moved. They were large-sized adult hats. Cuddly Harry had given the beanie to knitted Troy. Here you go, he'd said. You'll look a total boss in this. It's why too big, Troy had replied. Is it? No problem. Let's nip across to the Hornet shop and get you one that's a better size. But we might be sane. No worries. I'll take this jester's crown and we'll hide under our hats if we see anyone. People will think it's just two hats crossing the road. What? Won't that look suspicious? All the humans are at the match. So we've only got Wooter to worry about, and Wooter's not exactly the brightest, Cuddly Harry had said. Now, outside in the eternal sunshine, Cuddly Harry and Knitted Troy were holding the hats above them, peering out as they made their way across the tarmac towards the shop. Suddenly they heard a distant clatter of claws approaching at high speed up Occupation Road. They ducked under their hats. They heard the claws come to a skidding halt. <laughs> Brilliant! Hats that can walk! Brilliant! The claws skittered off into the atrium. Cuddly Harry and Knitted Troy lifted their hats and carried on. They arrived outside the Hornet's shop. In the window was a huge poster of Watford footballer Troy Deeney in the black 2020-21 third strip, 
standing with his arms folded, staring at them. Knitted Troy said, Result? They've got a photo of me in the window. I look boss, even without a beanie hat on. Hmm, cuddly Harry said. That's definitely Troy Deeney, but are you sure it's you? Of course it's me. I look totally alpha. But uh, look at his arms. Yours don't look like that. Knitted Troy looked down at his white, woolly hands. A frown creased his white, woollen face. Must be the lighting in the photo. He's got tattoos on his arms and hands. There's no writing or drawing on yours. Knitted Troy stared at his own unmarked hands. Cuddly Harry said, I mean, we could easily fix that if we could find a Watford 7 Southampton 1 biro in the lost property box. Ah, but wait, no. That wouldn't work. That wouldn't make you actually Troy Deeney, would it? Because you're just a toy. Just. A. Toy. Knitted Troy dropped to his woolly knees. Everything he thought about himself was wrong. The lads are going to hammer me. Biscuit Bear and Maisy Bear are going to absolutely hammer me. Suddenly, they heard Wooter burst out of the atrium. I'm going to run and run and run, faster than a speeding bullet. Cuddly Harry and Knitted Troy Deeney were a bit late in pulling their hats down over themselves. I'm going to... Oh, squirrel! Oh, it's just hats moving by themselves. Fair enough. Chocks away. Meow! I have liftoff... When Wooter had gone, Cuddly Harry appeared from under his hat, but Knitted Troy didn't appear from under his. He was too devastated. Cuddly Harry made his way back to the atrium on his own, mission accomplished. With each step, the bells on his jester's hat rang out gently. They sounded to him like tinkling laughter. When Cuddly Harry got back to the basket, Biscuit Bear and Maisie Bear seemed suspicious. Where's Troy? He's given my afterlife a real boost. He's a true leader of the pack. Where is he? What have you done with him? Troy's magnificent. Such a forceful man. Cuddly Harry told the other toys a version of what had happened outside the Hornet's shop. Unfortunately, while we were there, Knitted Troy suffered the devastating realisation that he wasn't real Troy. It was inevitable, I'm afraid. He was living a lie. As Cuddly Harry was speaking, a black beanie hat with a retro club crest dawdled across the atrium. When it got to the basket, it climbed in and buried itself under the yellow blanket. Poor Troy! Maisie Bear said as she watched. She turned to Cuddly Harry and said sharply, You did this deliberately, Harry the Hornet. Oh, you're a bad hornet. You're a bad, bad hornet. Me? <laughs> bad? <laughs> I'm all about equitability in the group. You both got to be chewed by Wooter this week, didn't you? Only because you were lost behind a basket. 
Normally, you hog Wooter to yourself. No, I don't. Wooter chooses who to chew. We can't influence that. You say we can't. But we could at least try. Try and influence him. How? We could ask Wooter to take it in turns who he chooses. Don't be daft. We can't talk to him. We have to play dead. Do we, though? We play dead with the humans so they don't freak out. But Wooter's only a dog. Do dogs even understand that toys aren't meant to be alive? And wouldn't Wooter actually love it if we spoke to him? Cuddly Harry had never thought of having a conversation with Wooter. He'd been too satisfied with the status quo that favoured him. When he thought about it, he could see the merits of the plan for the whole community. If the toys were played with equally, they'd be happier. If happier toys chatted to Wooter, Wooter would be happier. If a happier Wooter was bouncing around more than ever, it would make all the humans in Hornet Heaven happier. It was a no-brainer. Cuddly Harry the Hornet looked at Biscuit Bear and Maisie Bear, his best friends for years, his equals. To make everyone happier, all he had to do was to be less selfish. Later that afternoon, Cuddly Harry watched the humans return from Watford's nil-nil draw at Coventry. The team's eighth league game under new head coach Cisco Munoz. The fans were frustrated, depressed, indignant and angry. Cuddly Harry watched Wooter bounce around among the humans, but the dog had no takers for fast running or fetch. The mood didn't lift. When Wooter gave up trying, Cuddly Harry found himself between Wooter's teeth being carried out through the atrium doors and down Occupation Road. Wooter headed towards the rusting fences and decaying garages. He lay down in the sunshine and started chewing Cuddly Harry. For a while, Harry enjoyed their special one-on-one -on -one time as Wooter bit into him and slavered all over his face. But then he noticed the occasional human trudging glumly past, clutching programmes to matches from happier days as a Watford fan. And he heard an elderly couple called Giancarlo and Joni discussing how they'd never felt so disconnected from the club in more than 130 years. It was a reminder that he was part of a chain mechanism that influenced everyone's mood in Hornet Heaven, and he needed to do better. It wasn't fair to settle for enjoying his bit of the chain if he was holding back the happiness of others. He looked up at Wooter as the dog playfully gnawed at him. It was time to talk. He braced himself and swallowed hard. If this didn't go well, he thought to himself, he'd be on the wrong end of some very sharp teeth. Uh, excuse me, Wooter. Wooter stopped gnawing. He stared at cuddly Harry the Hornet in surprise. <laughs> You've got a voice? Yes, um, I probably should have mentioned it sooner. <laughs> Brilliant, I love talking, I love to talk and talk and talk. Oh, right, good. So I'm not weirding you out or anything? Do you like being chewed? I love chewing. I love to bite and chomp and gnash. It's great. Do you love it? <laughs> yes, I must admit I do. Very much. Cuddly Harry fell silent as a human called Frank Gammon walked past. 
Frank was seething after the Coventry performance. Suddenly, something in him seemed to snap, and he ran over to one of the lock-up garage doors and gave it a kicking. The scene reinforced the urgency of the situation. Cuddly Harry said, Listen, Wooter, my friends love being chewed too. Do you think you could give them all a go, so everyone gets a good chewing every day? That sounds brilliant. Extra chewing. Great. And, um, could you start with the tubby little footballer you found last week? Brilliant. Yes. Where did he go? He was much better than you. He tasted great. Did he? That's nice. Let's get started. Come on, let's sprint back to the atrium. More chewing and chatting. I love chatting. Let's chat and chat and chat forever. Walter bounded back up the slope of Occupation Road. He was so happy that he tossed cuddly Harry the Hornet up into the air and leapt to catch him again. Two passing Watford fans watched Wooter and smiled. Back in the atrium 30 seconds later, Wooter pulled knitted Troy out from under the yellow blanket and out of the beanie hat and propped cuddly Harry the Hornet, Biscuit Bear and Maisie Bear up against the side of the basket so they could look out across the floor. Cuddly Harry watched as Wooter gave Nitty Troy Deeney a big friendly bite and took the newcomer over to Bill Mainwood and Henry Grover, who were sitting together on a yellow sofa. Bill and Henry looked crumpled and dejected after the Coventry match. Wooter dropped Nitty Troy at Bill's feet. Look at my new toy master. His name's Troy Deeney. He's all tubby and podgy. He's brilliant. Throw him in the air for me, master. Goodness, Bill said, perking up a bit. What have you got there, my boy? Is it new? Henry leaned forward and said, Ha! Look, there's a number nine on its back, and the name Deany on a decidedly portly figure. What a hoot! Henry picked up Nitty Troy from the floor. He called out to Johnny Allgood a few yards away. Hey, Johnny old chap, look at this. It's Troy Deeney. Henry threw knitted Troy to Johnny. Wooter followed the flight of the toy. He chased over to Johnny and bounced at his feet. Johnny caught knitted Troy. He examined him and laughed. <laughs> He's nothing like Troy. That's very funny. Johnny threw Nitty Troy onto Skilly Williams. Wooter chased. Skilly giggled and threw the doll to Freddy Sargent, who guffawed and threw Troy to Derek Garston, who squeaked with delight. Wooter dashed between them all, trying to intercept. I love chasing. I love to chase and chase and chase. I love running and chewing and chasing and chatting. I love it all. Over in the basket, cuddly Harry the Hornet, silently surveyed the scene. The humans were no longer dwelling on the dismal Watford performance they'd just watched. The chain mechanism was working better now because he'd become aware of how his own behaviour was affecting others. He glanced at Biscuit Bear and Maisie Bear. They had grins on their faces as usual, but a little bit wider than normally noticed. And now, when he looked back towards the humans, he could see Nitty Troy Deeney was grinning, 
and giving cuddly Harry a grateful wave as he flew through the air from Derek Garston to Alan Garner to Johnny Williams. Knitted Troy had found a new role and looked very happy. Cuddly Harry had found a lesser role and had made others very happy. Harry imagined that next time the humans weren't around, he and Troy might do a knee slide together to celebrate. And so Cuddly Harry carried on watching as Wooter charged around energetically, changing directions every few bounds. The dog was doing a great job at making the residents of Hornet Heaven forget that they hadn't seen similar energy from their team in a very long time. This is brilliant! Meow! Screech! Who knew a tubby footballer could make everyone so happy? Meow! Screech! I love this! I love it! Love it! Love it! Oh! Squirrel! The End Troy's story was written and produced by Ollie Wickham. It was read by Colin Mace. For more information on the Hornet Heaven stories, please visit hornetheaven.com. <laughs>